0: This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Yeah, it's awesome in the house. Yeah, it's hustling
1: awesome the house.
0: Alright, it is your Tuesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. Long time no talk. Last week it was my fault that we didn't get together. A little Nation Extreme Wrestling extravaganza. But today we are back and now Rob Simpson of VancouverHockeyNow.com is the man with a lot on the go. Robert from the arena, how are you today?
1: I'm fantastic, Roberto. Congratulations on another fine wrestling outing.
0: It was pretty good. We were like 300 people over capacity. Which I don't know if it's something you tell the fire marshal, but it was uh, it's showing well. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know who else is showing well? Great segue. The Vancouver Canucks left on the side of the road for dead several times this season. And yet they've rattled off three straight wins to reinvigorate this fan base one last time. The face comes above the water level and they get one more big breath of air. Can yep.
1: this team fight their way through? Well, that is the million-dollar question, and we'll take that next step tonight in in viewing this uh, process as they take on the Vegas Golden Knights. I was on the trip to Vegas and to Arizona, so I got to talk to the boys firsthand and kind of follow matters uh, up close and personal, and it was uh, pretty entertaining, and they did very, very well. Uh, A couple of dueling 5-1 victories, and then they come back and they get a hard-fought win against the uh, San Jose Sharks. So they've done what they... Have said they've needed to do recently, but now it comes down to this big one tonight against Vegas, who might be getting back, and I think they will. Their captain, Mark Stone, tonight into the lineup. He practiced the whole nine yards yesterday, power play, et cetera. They have to do a little bit of uh, salary cap gymnastics to uh, sneak him into the lineup, but I think that's something that they're going to probably pull off.
0: What does it mean when a player like Mark Stone gets reinfused into the lineup? I mean, these players see him hanging out in the press box. He's still doing his training. Sometimes they're doing their thing. He's in the you know down the hall in the next room getting his treatments or whatever. But when you finally see him suit up and he puts the jersey over his shoulders, what does that do for a team psyche?
1: Well, it's the, he's the leader. He's the captain. He's an all-around versatile performer. Super talented. uber tough. Uh, you know, brings a lot to the table, obviously, and just instills, uh, you know, just that much more tenacity and intensity and physicality into the lineup. So, I mean, it's crazy. I had a chance to have a one-on-one with Pete DeBoer, their head coach today. And, you know, I just kind of joke and I go, what'd you do last summer that <laughs> ticked off the hockey gods? Cause they've had Hundreds of man game lost to injury. They just got Max Pacioretty back. He missed somewhere in 40 plus games. Stones missed 44, 45. It's insane. Robin Leonard, the goalie was out. Riley Smith still out. They still have three or four other guys on long-term injury reserve. So getting anybody back is helpful, but man, getting your very tough, talented captain back is a huge deal, especially on the heels of getting patch back. You
0: talk about man games lost, and and when you bring that up, it's always the Montreal Canadiens who are first for me. I think of certain teams that are snake bit, and uh, you could probably put in the conversation the Vegas Golden Knights as far as marquee players with man games lost. Let's talk about another key player that is not going to be, well, I don't want to say done, but definitely a question mark in Brock Besser. Can you talk about the fact that this Vancouver Canuck team continues to find ways around their injuries this season?
1: Well, first of all, Besser. He Bruce Boudreaux today mentioned that he obviously is not going to play tonight. Neither is Tanner Pearson. Uh, and Besser did skate, but is going to see a doc, another doctor or a specialist about his upper body issue. Pearson has an upper body issue. Um, they've played well without him. Let's just put it that way. Uh, they've won these three games without Brock Besser. Um, Pearson went out in the game in Arizona after during, during the first period. Uh, and they've done fine without him. It's just a matter. It's the old hockey axiom, you know, time for other guys to step up. And really that's the simple answer is what kind of production, what kind of effort are you getting out of the guys that fill the slots? And also what kind of chemistry is happening with, with whoever you have in the lineup. And right now, I mean, whatever it is, and I'm not going to say it's addition by subtraction, but man, the chemistry has been very nice, very productive. Um, And I did a piece yesterday about the line juggles that uh, Bruce Boudreaux kind of had to do because of injury, but also kind of opted to do in a couple of these games. And it seems to have worked out. Pod Coles and with Horvat was working some magic. Um, Petey's been kind of working well with anybody. Um, There's been some red hot forwards for the Vancouver Canucks. So They're going to try to uh, try to keep that going.
0: What do you make of Alex Chase on over the last little while? He's a guy that's been getting some grease and, uh, you know, kind of flew under the radar for the first half of the season. I think many of us expected it, but boy, this resurrection from the 31 year old is pretty impressive to watch.
1: Yeah. And I had, uh, when I handed out report cards for this club, um, you know, periodically at the quarter mark, halfway mark. And then at the three quarter mark, I wasn't overly impressed with him, especially at the halfway point. I maybe gave him the lowest grade. He just hadn't done a whole lot. He was in a long drought, um, kind of through the month of March really hadn't done diddly do a lot of goose eggs on the board in terms of actual statistical production. And then lately he's just kind of found his game. He's found a little bit of magic. And he's worked, he's worked well with the uh, Pedersen. They've worked well on the power play. He's a strong power play performer. So, you know, three of his recent points have come out of the man advantage when he's, you know, standing in front and working his body in front, he's scored on rebounds. He scored short side. Um, but always within, you know, you know, five, eight feet of the, of the post, um, he has had, what has he had? He's had six points in his last three games. And if you take it back five games, he's had, he's had seven points. So seven points in his last five. Pretty darn good. And uh, maxed out his ice time uh, against San Jose with almost 18 minutes, which is something I'm not sure he has done this entire season. So,
0: Yeah, yeah first hey,
1: time for that. Guess what? If you're going to get hot,
0: get hot now. Yeah, why not? Especially when you're starting to you know, have GMs assess what they're going to be doing and who they're going to be bringing back and yada, yada, yada. But uh, a guy that I've hoped would translate, I, I don't know if that's the right phrase, but Vasily Podkolzin follows a long line of about four years of connect rookies or you know young bucks that have succeeded. I mean, you go back to Pedersen and Besser, and then you talk about last year what you got from Nils Hoaglander, and then all of a sudden it was Vasily Podkolzin's turn Bit of a tumultuous
1: start, but boys, he's showing flashes of what could be. Exactly. And his teammates, his captain, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, his head coach, Bruce Boudreaux, all asked about him in the last, you know, actually multiple times during the road trip. And then again, once the team got back to Vancouver about Pod, Pod Colson's play. Um, you know, he had a couple of points in the Arizona game, a couple of assists, one real nice drop pass. He had you know, factored in on the primary assist, on back-to-back Bo Horvat goals. There's just a sense that I mean, he's young. He's overcoming this language barrier. He's from Russia. He's just a a 20 year old kid, and he's gone through a lot. As I, I did a hit with Sportsnet on TV the other night, and was asked about him. And one of the things that comes up is, hey, this is a first year player. He comes comes over. His his head coach gets fired. I mean, he's kind of used to one thing, and then he's got to adjust to that already going through mega adjustments as boudreau pointed out he played a year in germany when he was still a player and didn't learn any german and was clueless and was, was kind of lost and was kind of making fun of himself saying you know it, it's not easy it's not easy you know dropping into a brand new environment especially as a 20 year old kid and and uh, who was having had some defensive shortcomings was actually benched for a game as was niels hoaglander because of you know, insufficient play at 200 feet of ice. Um, but it's gradually come around. And as his confidence has, has increased over the last five to six games, his ice time has gone up, his opportunities have gone up, and those go hand in hand, obviously. And um, he's just starting to show signs. And Bo Horvat said, you know what, I never doubted this kid. I think he's going to be a tremendous player. They love his shots. Incredible. Now it's just a matter of getting into the position to take that shot more often than not. And that's uh, some of the things that Pod Colson is uh, working on. And we've said it a million times, Rob, confidence is all powerful. And this kid's starting to show some confidence.
0: Before we move on and check in on some of the other teams in the NHL, I just want to circle back. The Vancouver Canucks woke up this morning with a record of 35, 28 and 10. If you would have said to me when they were 6-14-2 that this was going to be a team that would still be at least clanking around in this division come to the final 10 games of the season, I'm going to probably question your sobriety, but (laughs) how do you think this team, whether they make the playoffs or not? I mean, making the playoffs is still a great stretch, and I think I'm ready for that. But you've got to think that this team succeeded amidst the chaos because we all knew that when this season started, with Benning and Travis green and all the pieces that were in place that this could go six different ways. And it went the way that I think many of us assumed it went, but yet I don't think in a perfect storm, you could have ever thought that 20 games into the season, that people would be left with a good taste in their mouth at the end of the season. But that's kind of what looks like is falling for the trees.
1: Yeah. And part of it is what I, I, I brought up a couple of different times. There's a level of irony and that is, when we saw Jim Benning's body of work this summer, when it was all said and done, this was before, you know, they eventually had to sign Hughes and, and Pedersen on October 1st and, and kind of finish that out. But otherwise, you know, Halak is the backup um, Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson coming in, signing Dickinson, re-signing Luke Shen. Uh, Hamannick didn't work out, but, you know, a lot of the pieces people were very, very excited about. And ultimately, this is that roster. This is Jim Benning's roster. Nothing has really changed uh, other than Ole Ulevi being shipped out and Yuho Lamico coming in from Florida and then waiving a couple of players like Zach McEwen. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's his roster. The key was the coaching change uh, because the team had kind of burnt out on listening to Travis Green and Bruce Boudreau worked his magic. So... It's that simple. Um, You can't ever be completely surprised in hockey because, again, we often say in October, hey, don't start planning the parade route just because your team starts October hot, and don't cry in your milk because your team starts slow in October. And, again, we bring up the uh, 2018-19 St. Louis Blues dead last around Christmas, and they end up winning the Stanley Cup very similar a couple of years before that with the Pittsburgh Penguins if you've been following hockey for years or decades you realize that it's never over till it's over and there's always there's always one team that kind of sneaks in late so who knows maybe that will be the Vancouver Canucks uh tonight is obviously a, a clutch key moment
0: well yeah you look at the upcoming games they've got Ottawa they've got one against Dallas a team that they're chasing then of course yep. against another team they're chasing Vegas That one just six hours from now. Uh, All right, let's go around the NHL really quickly, Rob. You're so versed. You know what? By the way, you did all those betting transactions off the top of your head, which is uh, a pretty impressive tool to have to be able to draw to that level. But let's start over in the Atlantic right now, because there are three teams right now, and I don't know who I'd bet against. And I know Toronto would be the easy one, wink, wink, nudge, (laughs) nudge, because of their playoff failures over the last couple of years. But Florida's a tough out. Toronto right now has a hundred points. Tampa Bay is still hanging around as one of the best teams. I am not ready to put all my chips in on Florida, but it's hard not to. They've got 30 home wins. They've won seven in a row. They've got 51 regular season wins and still 10 games to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what's really remarkable is you look and they're still two or three points behind the freaking Colorado avalanche for the president's trophy. Yep. Uh, contest uh colorado has 52 out west but yeah Florida is ridiculous having one seven in a row they're not you know kind of coasting their way and like ah we've got this let's just kind of roll into the postseason and, and uh, we'll get ready to go they're trying to keep the uh the focus up which is not a bad idea uh as they move along here they have an eight point cushion on the toronto maple leafs uh, a lot of people are saying okay and obviously first round's the most dangerous it always is anything can happen. So we can't look past anybody. We know that. Um, so, but Florida, Colorado are the favorites at the moment coming out of each conference, Toronto's Toronto. And until they can get out of the first round, I'm not even going to talk about them because you know what the lineup is similar. I don't have a great deal of confidence in their, uh, goaltending to be quite honest. And, uh, until I actually see it happen, I'm I I'm just gonna assume they're gonna get knocked out of the first round again. Um,
0: Jack Campbell. That's cold, by the way. I just want you to know that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I I actually know a couple of hardcore Leafs fans that live here in Vancouver, and I actually was watching Game Seven with them last year. Uh, when I, I want to get into it, but it was it was comical and sad at the same. <laughs> At the same time, it's it's, Florida is a kind of, I want to say, prohibitive favorite. They just have to get by whoever they're going to end up playing in the first round. you got to remember, Rob, the, the Eastern Conference has been set for a long time. Like where the West, you have these four or five teams that are scrambling around trying to catch up with one another. The, the East, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it has been decided. It's, it's been weeks. It's been weeks where the where the wild card stuff has has been a non factor. The Islanders are 15 points out of the second wild card spot. They're the next closest. So it's been done for a long, long time, which makes it less interesting for fans out east because they know their teams either in or out. But in terms of prognostication, now it's just a matter of of, of the pecking order. Um, you know who? The, I'd rather jump out west because right now Brad Schleving's club, Calgary Flames. They are a a serious threat um, to make some noise in the postseason with some of the moves they've made and the goaltending that they're getting from Jacob Markstrom, the former Vancouver Canuck.
0: You know, the one thing about Calgary, we talked right on the onset of the show about teams that had struggled with man games. We talked about Montreal. You talked about Vegas. In all the NHL of all 32 NHL teams, they have lost the least amount of man games. They've been healthy for, you know, knock on wood for the entire season and been able to kind of, you know, I guess you would say solidify their lines and really start to test and dabble. But I think Jacob Markstrom, for me, as great as he's been in the regular season, he's still the great unknown in the postseason. Not a lot of experience in that second season and things get hot pretty quick when you're looking at Colorado and St. Louis and and dare we say a battle of Alberta. I mean, there could be some tough outs here for a team that as good as they've been in the regular season and as healthy as they've been, not a lot of experience there, at least between the pipes.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, and of course it was when he was here in Vancouver, Thatcher Demko stepped up and played so well in the bubble when obviously Markstrom was still here. Um, I I don't think they're overly concerned with what they're going to get from him in the postseason, to be quite honest. And touching on what you brought up, um, Sean Monahan who used to be a key top six guys for this club goes out basically for the rest of the regular season and probably most or all of the playoffs with groin problems. Um, it's it's like hardly even created a blip mm-hmm. where two or three years ago, you'd be like, Oh no, Sean Monahan. Um, but they've just plug and play and they've added so much depth and bring in Tyler to in and, Kelly Yarn, Croak, and they've they've they seem a little bit battle battle tested, and you see that in their games against the uh, Edmonton Oilers in the Battle of Alberta. I don't know goaltending's goaltending is the most important thing, but I think I think Brad Treleving and and Daryl Sutter are pretty confident in their net minor, and I think they're pretty confident in this roster.
0: If the Flames win the Stanley Cup this year, does Vancouver have a parade?
1: Just. Does... <laughs> 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 for the uh, for the t- for the Tifoli's and the Markstroms and yes. the Tenevs and yeah. uh, go down the list. Yeah, I mean, no, but <laughs> there will you be some what? people. There will be some angry Canucks fans saying, oh. "See this? We should have. We should still have this guy, or we should still have that guy."
0: Oh, we should have drafted Matthew Kachuk. We could have re signed Tyler to Foley. We should have kept Chris Tannehill. I can only imagine sports radio for the next couple of weeks. But as long as Dan Vladar gets himself a Stanley Cup at some point, I'm good. Top hey, to bottom. Dan,
1: Planet Vladar, you know, he's a legitimate backup. So he if you think something happened to Marky Mark, then uh, you, go with, you go with Planet Vladar.
0: All right, Robert, very quickly before I let you go, Toronto Blue Jays, are they going to make the postseason? They're going to win the World Series this year? Yes or no?
1: Wow to be quite honest i have no idea oh my gosh okay, zero <laughs> zero
0: idea it's because you're so immersed in the hockey world i'll educate you on baseball next show i promise i will
1: i can't even tell you the name of a pitcher on the detroit tigers staff right now that's how pathetic my baseball and it used to be my other favorite sport that i, I used to broadcast hey you're hanging me out to try here man that's I okay
0: you know what I that's why they call it sports bar radio I'll pick up the baseball slack. You keep doing your stuff at hockey. Enjoy tonight's game as Vegas is in town. And thank you, as always, for doing this.
1: My distinct pleasure, Roberto. And we'll talk to you next Monday. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay. Brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru. Investment information for millennials and madmen.